Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fans are a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us today for episode 9. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we got another great show today. We're going to be covering King of the Ring, AEW Rampage. We're going to be back to doing our Dynamite review and talk a little bit about Luna Vachon and more. But first, because it's going to bother me if I don't, we got to go over some housekeeping from last week. I said a couple things about Luna Vachon that I was wrong about, and, you know, if I'm going to be the old-school wrestling guy, I feel like I need to go back and correct them. So, one... Uh, Mad Dog Vashon was not Luna Vashon's father. Uh, Luna Vashon's father was a man named Butcher Vashon. And uh, also, Luna was not married to Bam Bam Bigelow. That was a, uh, it was an online story or a uh, on TV storyline that I guess when I was a kid I thought was real. And uh, she was with Gangrel in real life. So I definitely messed up a few things from uh, last time. And also, Andy, I got to give you. Your credit, you said that she was Shawn Michaels' valet at one point, and I quickly cut you off and said, oh, are you sure you don't mean Sherry? So, And there was footage of that, and I didn't remember that. It looked like it was at WrestleMania. So had to get all that stuff out of the way. Um, so before we get started today, I also want to talk about uh, we are going to do something where uh, if whoever leaves us the best iTunes review uh, we're going to send you guys one of our new shirts from ProWrestlingTees.com. So, and we'll contact you, get your size, and we'll send it to you. So all you got to do is go on iTunes and leave us a review. We're going to pick, pick a, our favorite review, and we're going to send you a t-shirt. Um, other than that, I think we're ready to get started. Let's get to it. Andy, you want to start us this week? Yeah, starting off with uh, last week's SmackDown, I just wanted to touch on the King of the Rings semifinals, the Queen's Crown Tournament semifinals, and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. So on the SmackDown side, we had Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn for the King of the Rings semifinals tournament. The winner was Finn Balor, so he was going to Saudi Arabia for uh, the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. Then for the Queen's Crown Tournament semifinals, we had Zelina Vega versus Carmella. The winner was Zelina Vega. Now last week I said... I had picked Carmella, so I was actually, I don't know about you guys, I was very surprised that she was the the winner. Uh, you were wrong. This. How about, what do you think, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was actually surprised, too, because I was yes. like, of course it's going to be Carmella, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like on the SmackDown side, Zelina and Finn are both going to Crown Jewel to be in the finals for both of those tournaments. Wrapping up SmackDown, though, we had, I thought it was a, it was kind of short, of a segment, but I, I liked it a lot. I, it was the contract signing between Brock and Roman. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Brock by himself has just been funny. Uh, I believe he said something like he he didn't even look at the contract and signed it. And Roman just calls him a he's like you're you know big dumb farmer and stuff. He just signs stuff you don't even read them. And he's like Brock says something along the lines of. I don't need to read it. I already read it with my advocate, Paul Heyman, this morning. So Brock's just still getting under Roman skin. But uh, I don't know. The, the whole line. banter, yeah, the whole banter back and forth with this storyline has has been really fun. What do you guys think? 
I think Brock needs to be on his own more <laughs> like that on the mic at least because that, that was pretty cool and the way he delivered that last line was really great and I don't think people expect it from him at all just just the way he looks and also he's never really talked that much and when he did uh, I don't think he was that great in the beginning at least that's why they had Paul Heyman with him but yeah when he came back um, I remember Tim telling me that when he first came back after his long hiatus he was by himself, and I don't think he wanted to do it anymore, talking wise, and so he asked for Paul Heyman back. I don't. Does that sound yeah. right, Tim? Yeah. Um, I I just wanted to say like, Paul Heyman is so great. The I think it was a couple of weeks ago when he was like crying, next to Roman Reigns. He was his crying. Yeah. His, his eyes were all yeah. welled up, but he was terrified. Oh, he's so good at his role. Yeah. He's excellent at it. And I, yeah, I love Brock with the feet up on the table. Roman thinks he has one over on him. He's calling him a big dumb farmer, and then all of a sudden they do the, the 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 swerve where Brock's still doing stuff with Heyman behind Roman's back. So it's cool. Yep. Moving on though, um, I'm actually gonna pass it over to you guys because I didn't see this match, but Rampage went head to head. This week with SmackDown, I believe. And their buy-in started at about 9.30, I want to say. Started at 9. Started at 9. Hour. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many matches were on there, but I know one of them was Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. I want you guys to talk about this because I didn't have a chance to see it. I'm going to have to go back, you know, maybe talk about it. Go back like, I, I, that's what you guys said. You guys said it was amazing. So, yeah, get right into it. Yeah, so this match uh, finished up the buy-in. Uh, I think it started around 9.30-ish. And then, so Suzuki and Brian Danielson had, I think, the hardest-hitting match I've seen in, I don't know, years. Like, I don't think I've ever seen people, forearm to forearm, right after another one. And then Brian kicking them <laughs> in the chest repeatedly over and over again. And the thing that made it so great was the Miami crowd was going insane for the entire match. And you could tell that they uh, had the, such respect for each other, but also were just like, let's just go and beat the shit out of each other and just see what happens. And I think the only thing they had planned going out there was the ending or the finish, but everything else was just them going out and trying to hit each other as hard as they can and see what happens. Yeah, I really like this match. It's not typically the type of thing I would I would like with just the, the stopping and waiting for the next guy to hit to hit him and then and then he would wait for the next guy to do a forearm on him but i i really liked the intensity though and something about when they were doing it it drew me in and i thought it was a really a really hard hitting match i thought danielson's selling was awesome um he he really made it seem like he got knocked out at one point and uh you know, which kind of plays into like, oh, he has the concussion stuff, and it just makes you like kind of get into it, like, oh man, what if he, what like, you know, you're like, I know he's selling, but like, what if, you know, kind of thing. It gets you, it kind of sucks you in a little bit, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. Every time it, he gets hit in the face like that, everyone's gonna think that. Yeah, and it it was out of my wheelhouse for matches like the strong style stuff, especially like the slowed down stuff, but. I thought they did a really good job. This is the I just want to say though, this is the only Suzuki match that I've enjoyed 
so far. I don't want to be like, you know, the heel of the podcast, but this is the only one that I've been, I've liked. So. He did look a lot better in this, like, just the way that he was, I guess it was the style. Well, he was, he was actually moving in chain wrestling. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I feel like just him and Danielson worked so well together. They just made the whole match great. And I remember the, the towards the end is, uh you know, Suzuki gets hit with a, I think it was a chop or a forearm by Brian. And then he like goes kind of yells at the, to the crowd, and then he goes back and hits Brian. And Brian looks at the crowd and yells like he's like Miami, let's go! <laughs> and then the crowd gets fired up, and they start like just swinging back and forth. And it was like the last five minutes, it was just an insane atmosphere. I think, which was the to me, it was kind of the difference when you, if you switch back to like SmackDown just for like that I don't know hour, uh, like from nine thirty basically to ten thirty. Yeah. I just wanted to say one more thing about the match. Um, yeah, you know, one of the shows that I listened to, the hosts were saying that it, they didn't like the match because they thought it was just so phony, with the waiting for the shots going back and forth, and I can see what they're saying, but I just wanted to say like, what I looked at it more like was like kind of like a test of strength or toughness, rather than, like, let's show how phony wrestling is i think it was more like a you hit me i'll hit you like we'll see who's stronger and tougher i think that's what they were kind of they meant more for it to come off like not like i think some people thought it was just like why would you just let the other guy hit you and i think it was more like oh we're gonna show like who the stronger person is kind of thing yeah and it's kind of like that japanese strong style and like having that respect where you just take each other's shots and see if he can take it and you know what? That might not be for everybody, but I thought these guys did it well. So was there an intensity to Danielson that maybe we hadn't seen in a long time in WWE that was, you know, apparent in this match? I think definitely in this match. If you, especially like towards the end when he was yelling to the crowd and then he just started really going at it. And this, the shots that he was hitting on Suzuki, I didn't, haven't seen in WWE. I, I, I don't, I know that match wouldn't be basically allowed in WWE, which I think is why it's such a great decision for Brian to leave, but yeah, it's like you never see him hit somebody that hard in WWE. It sounds like I'll have to go back and check it out. The next match, which I guess was the official opener of Rampage, was CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. Winner was CM Punk. I thought this match was awesome. I thought it was his best yet since being back. It's also, I was thinking about it, it's also a familiar opponent. Everyone else was brand new opponents for him. This is the he used to wrestle, uh, CM Punk used to wrestle Matt Seidel in, in Ring of Honor pre-WWE. So I I thought it was awesome. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it was the best that's Punk to look. And I think it's really shown like how well that the AWs handled him and also how Punk has handled his return. Just because if he jumped straight into like a Kenny Omega match, he hasn't been wrestling for seven years like Brian Danielson has. Uh, so the match I don't think would have been as good or even close to it. So I'm glad that he's working his way through these uh, younger talents too. It's uh, it's nice to see this the new feuds that he has. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed the match too, and I thought like Andy was saying, I think this is their best uh, or Punk's best match so far because he probably wanted to work with somebody that he like you were saying he was familiar with that he's had matches with before i'm i'm sure if i went back when 
Matt Seidel was Evan Bourne. Him and Punk probably wrestled at some point, maybe a bunch of matches. So they were around each other at the same time. So there's familiarity there, and I'm sure working with younger guys, he's like, this is cool, but let me go out there and work with a guy real, you know, for this week that I can, like, you know, show some stuff that I can still, you know, or or just maybe he he feels a little bit more comfortable working with this person. Um, I thought the one thing, though, with Punk, and I'm enjoying his uh, return, I feel like, as much as anybody, he is very giving with his opponents right now maybe a little too giving like where he makes them look very strong but he's making like everybody look strong you know what i mean like he like struggles to beat every single person like whether it's matt seidel or it's darby allen like he always makes it look like the other person's putting up a good fight which is cool but i'd like to see a couple matches where he just like kicks kicks ass you know what i mean where he just like takes a guy out because it just makes him seem a little bit more tougher and more credible but um i mean he's obviously he's going over in every match which that's making him look strong but he i just think he he sometimes almost makes the other people like look like they're beating him like they're making him like they could beat him at any second you know which i'm like ah i don't know if you should do that but that's just me Put him up against the librarian. <laughs> yeah. Have him beat the shit out of him. Okay, but... okay, but He did joke. mention that he we... thought that selling was... He's trying to make selling cool. And so he yeah. was like... Maybe he's like, I'll just try to sell all the time now. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, Matt Seidel, like, he hasn't really been doing much. And all of a sudden, like, he puts up, like, a hell of a fight of against CM Punk almost beats him. <laughs> like, after this, they better do something with him, right? Like, I mean, he made him look... Like well, exa- yeah, exactly. That he can go toe-to-toe with him. Like, yeah, and his record's been kind of fluctuating ever since he, you know, debuted. It's not really stayed steady. If you don't, it's like, this guy went toe-to-toe with CM Punk, but he doesn't do anything. He just, like, hangs out in the back and, like... Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully it uh, ends up being a good thing for Matt Seidel. You never know. I mean, he's a really, you know, good talent. Uh, people seem to like him. Just, just have to wait and see. I mean, it seemed like it did well. They uh, beat SmackDown in the key demo rating for that half an uh, hour. Ah, the great debate. People are. This is a hot subject right now because the obviously for viewership. SmackDown won the overall viewership, but people are saying for the key demo that matters, that moves the needle or whatever. Was it like forty nine or something? That audience, that audience was watching AEW, so they're calling that a victory. And then you got real hardcore WWE fans who are saying that that that's not even true, and like. This is a false narrative because SmackDown won overall viewership. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like, do you look at the 18 to 35 male demo as the the real audience and the everybody else is just like the casual flipping channel flipper? Or like, I don't I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the war has begun, and whether you you know actually admit it or not. You can you can look at social media and tell. I mean, at least it's begun with the fans. If you don't want to say it, is there's you know real competition there with the and Tony Khan's made a start too. <laughs> look, Tony Khan, 
Tony Khan is is sparking some, you know, lighting some fires yeah. <laughs> within the wrestling world, and I think I think a lot of what's going on recently has to do with maybe some of his remarks. I like that he's defending himself because let's be honest, they're they're starting it with him, but then they're pretending that they're not doing anything. Like they're they're like, oh. We don't even care what you guys do, and it's really like, come on, you're doing certain things on purpose, just to, just to like poke us with a stick, basically. And uh, you think they just added an extra half an hour this Friday just cause? And and it was a big time match, and they took out the commercials and blah blah blah. But the other thing too is, I, I so I like that Tony is defending himself and putting up a fight. I just don't want him to like say something that like. You know, when you say you're going to, you know, when you say your show, like, if you you know, we could beat Raw, you don't want to make yourself look, a, you know, look dumb. So it, I just hope that he, whatever he... Yeah, he said he was going to beat SmackDown and then didn't. He di- Yeah, he didn't in viewership and then, then you got your... And I'm going to try to keep it fair. You got your AEW fans who were saying, oh, that was a decisive victory. I'm like, it, it wasn't, though. And it just depends on where you're looking at it from how you look at it yeah i will say as a person who looks at an- analytics and data all day <laughs> for my job yes jeremy has a real is, job it is a big deal for that key demo <laughs> um it is a big deal for that key demo from 18 to what is what is it it's not 18 to 49 or is it 18 to 34 it's changed over the years i think i thought it used to be 18 to 35 maybe it's they've expanded it to 40 something well even if it is 18 or 35 that's people look at that as a big deal just because that's like the future wrestling fans are going to continue to watch because obviously if you're over 40 50 you're on the older side now so uh you're watching nxt (laughs) 2.0 yeah for the edgy comedy (laughs) hey aj styles Um, aj styles is over 40 yeah i mean wrestlers they're fine because they're in shape fine it's not like us watching at home. We're not in shape like the wrestlers. <laughs> you know, there's some guy. You know, there's some Jack dude listening to this right now, being like, "Speak for yourself." <laughs> so, do you guys want to move on to our weekly dynamite review? Yes, and yeah, I, Saturday I, I'm happy. Yes, yeah. This week it was Saturday night. So, dynamite this week opened up with what a surprise! CM Punk coming out uh, to do commentary for the night. Was that like his third time doing commentary? Dude, I don't. I feel like every show opens up with some <laughs> CM Punk, whether it's a match or him coming out the commentary yeah. or backstage. Or it's a, it's a great way to pop the crowd yeah, right I mean, away. And yeah, it gets it going. Our first match though was Dante Martin versus Malachi Black. The winner was Malachi Black. I'm sure came to no surprise to anyone, but I thought this was awesome. I've said before, Dante Martin is really good. He's he's only 20 years old. And he's just gonna keep getting better, and I, th- it, I mean, he made it seem like he really put up a fight when it came to Malachi Black. You know, it, he looked like he gave uh, Black some trouble at times, but I really enjoyed it. What about you guys? I love these kind of matches that AW does because it's building a star, which you rarely see anymore. And yeah, it's kind of like that young kid trying to beat the you know veteran, and then he gives him a run for his money, and then ends and still ends up losing. But you saw Malachi when he was on the ramp. It was kind of awkward how he did it or how the cameras caught it, but he gave him that nod of, like, you know, he's on his way up there. 
Yeah, I thought it was a really good match, too. My only critique of Dante Martin in the past was that he made everything look really pretty and didn't look like he was in a fight. And now I think he's found a nice combination of both where he can do all the athletic stuff, but he still looks like his selling's really good, that he's an underdog. And then when he is fighting back, there's a little bit more of a vicious side. It looks a little bit more um, like he's really struggling. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, and I liked the nod at the end. I thought that was kind of a cool uh, way to pay respect to him. And Oh, from Black, the, yeah. That's the that's the only time that Malachi Black has, like, even showed anybody, like, anything, really, like, as far as, like, respect or yep. as, as from a character span, standpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So after that, we had Jurassic Express backstage, and up come the Super Elite and attacks them. This will eventually come back to bite them later on in the show. Then we had the inner circle uh, out in the ring. And, of course, at least lately, America Top Team is going to come out. You know, they're in Miami where, you know, I think Masvidal is out with them and a bunch of other members of American Top Team are out there. Yeah, that's where their, like, headquarters are. Yeah, yeah, that's where their their gym and everything is located. After that, we had a match. We had the Lucha Bros versus a masked tag team that's friends with Andrade, but I think everyone could tell right away it was FTR. And this was for the AAA Tag Team Championships. Your winners and new AAA Tag Team Champions is FTR. I feel like this was so disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Look, I love FTR, so good for them. Yeah, yeah, right. But like, I was, I was glad that Punk was on commentary first. He's like, he's like, are we, who's gonna say it? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Oh my god, right away he was saying yeah. it. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> but I also love FTR. Uh, I, it kind of, it's a little bit of a flashback to, um, got to do a little bit of the old stuff. You know me. Uh, there was a Edge and Christian were feuding with the Hardys, and. Uh, at one point, the Edge and Christian were wrestling as the Conquistadors, and then uh, it was like clearly Edge and Christian, you know, and they were kind of like doing the same thing, and then uh, then the Hardys did the same thing, and then they won the belts, and then they unmasked, and it was the Hardys. So uh, yeah, it's just like I thought that was a cool little. If that's a little bit of what they were doing a callback to, that was a, that was a cool thing to see. It was kind of funny. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. It's really similar. So after that, we had Dante Martin and with Leo Rush backstage. I don't even know anymore what Leo Rush is doing. I don't even know if he's here to wrestle or if he's just doing this. He's a he's a money man. I don't I don't know what that means. Bitcoin Leo, like you know, he's I, I don't know what he's doing, but he's he's talking with uh, whoever's interviewing him about you know stuff like this happens with Dante losing. It's like a growing process, basically. It is what it is. Moving on. We had MJF and Andrade backstage. I thought this was hilarious. Uh, MJF is, you know, they're in Miami, a very big Spanish-speaking town, and MJF is saying just, it's just terrible Spanish <laughs> straight to Andrade's face, you know, talking about being paid and stuff, and he's like, gracias, like, and just like, you know, not even trying at all, but, you know, playing the role very well. After that, we had a match. It was John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta with Orange Cassidy. 
Moxley won in very quick fashion. Uh, he very just, quick. Yeah, as soon as the bell rang, he I don't even I don't remember if it was as soon as the bell rang or before he just like got in the ring and started beating the shit out of him. Uh, I think the match was over in like two minutes. It was something crazy like that. Yeah, people were saying that uh, he's turning to heel because he has his baby daughter is uh, driving him crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, I hope that's not the reason why. But <laughs> so then we had Serena D backstage doing an interview. When all of a sudden Hikaru Shida comes up and attacks her, I guess she's getting revenge from when Serena beat her and then hit her with the the award that she would have won if she wins. for fifty the first woman in AEW with fifty wins. After that, we had the Dark Order versus the Super Click. The winners were the Super Click, but because of earlier, Jungle Boy came out and attacked. And I believe did they did the Super did the rest of you know the Click Super Click and everything leave Adam Cole hanging? It was a you know, high and dry. Or, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so they ended up beating up Brandon Cutler and everyone's just like watching for the ramp. <laughs> Which is like one of my favorite parts now of the super quick or any of the super elite people. It's like Brandon Cutler is hilarious to me now. Yeah. Any thoughts, Tim? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I see what you're I see what you're saying, Jeremy, about it's hilarious, but I'm like I feel like the the super click or whatever they they're calling themselves, like, could be way cooler if they just kinda trim the fat on some stuff. Like imagine it just being the young bucks Adam Cole, I guess if you're gonna add the Good Brothers in there, go ahead. That's not my favorite idea, but uh, I just sometimes when like groups yeah. get too many members, I feel like it gets a little like. But again, if you like funny stuff and like any sort of like comedy, then like yeah, there's a place for that. Like him being basically the scapegoat to get beat up, and they always just kind of like leave him behind. Is I I mean it is funny. I just think the the group would be stronger if they kind of got rid of some of the the silly stuff and made it more um i don't know like kind of like four horsemen-ish yeah i mean that's it's kind of funny because when i looked back at like new japan and the bullet club and when it was like the young bucks and omega and it was like they had like so many people in that group and it was a lot of times just like run-ins like this and they would beat up people and people were, like now watching aw are like well, this is kind of boring this is what happens or this always happens and i'm like kind of what they always just did in new japan but i don't think everyone just saw it then by the way was this dark order versus super click match was this the one with the recent spot where adam cole has had someone in like a his like camel <laughs> yeah. clutch and instead of the spot where the young bucks kiss him on the cheek you had <laughs> one of the two dark order members do it john's uh right. yeah, john's <laughs> i Robert thought Alex that Reynolds. was funny yeah <laughs> And Adam Cole's face when he realized this was them it was priceless. John Silver, or do you mean Johnny Hungy? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, every time JR says Johnny Hungy on commentary, I just I can't help but to laugh. It's hilarious. He he might be my favorite member of the Dark Order. He's he's so yeah, funny. Yeah, mine before. Let's give a little shout out to JR. He's recently having some. Uh, he said he's having a, a skin cancer scare on his leg, so. Hope hope Jr's okay. Hope hopefully oh, everything's fine and he gets back to normal. Yeah, hope he. For sure. So after the Dark Order Super Click match, we had. It was kind of a weird segment to me, but it was Cody Rhodes, oh. showing up to like the Nightmare Factory, like wrestling center. This was and 
it was like some weird training some yeah it was some weird <laughs> training session and like Arn's coaching him I can't tell if they're like cool again or not but you know still basically making seem like Cody's a bitch like <laughs> and Arn's Arn's gonna shoot him if he leaves I guess <laughs> that's why he stays yeah I just I remember watching just like I was like this is so odd and yeah like Tim said it's not it was not good yeah it's like that like b-level movie quality too because all the, the acting was terrible i mean yeah the acting all the acting was, was real terrible. bad yeah and then it's it it's annoys me so much when they announced cody and malachi black for a third match it's like you know cody's gonna win this what's up with all these matches and all these companies coming to like a third yeah you know final i mean jericho and mjf had like what had five? five five yeah here. I mean, AEW Ooh. rarely does this, so it's really surprising. Just a thought. I would be down for this. If, like Jeremy was saying, if you know Cody's going to win, what if, though, Cody wins because he turns heel and cheats? Because if he wins clean or if he wins like a baby face, the crowd's going to turn on him because they're not going to want him to beat malachi because they're already sick of him because of his tv show and all the other corny stuff he's doing so maybe i would just embrace it tim's out here speaking from the heart and his own opinions about the tv show (laughs) (laughs) yeah andy likes it hey i like it man oh yeah i forgot you just hate cody more now because of it (laughs) it was the promo the promo i'm sorry that promo was the one where he was crying i hated that promo the crying promo? Yeah, it was awful. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, cool for dog. me, that's where the line was. And I was like, nope, I don't like this Cody. <laughs> so you really, you guys really think uh, they're going to have Malachi's first loss be to Cody? I hope I mean, not. it feels like that. Right? Yeah. But then Cody's just going to go away for a little bit and not wrestle as much. I think that's the problem where the crowd start turning on him because you see him doing other things in wrestling and not putting, well, at least we don't see him putting everything into it. But he may be in the uh, behind the scenes, really. But I think mm. that's why the people started booing him more is because he's doing this. The reality show I don't think helps him at all. Like Brandy and Cody look terrible on that show. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, season finale this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Already seven episodes. That's because they did two Six episodes seven, and something like that. They were like, "Let's get this thing off the air." Two episodes every time it comes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like I think it was two episodes for two weeks in a row and then they did just one last week. Okay. Right. Um anyway. So then after the Cody Rhodes Nightmare Factory segment, we had MGF out in the ring, uh set to wrestle Darby Allen for their originally scheduled match, but you know, of course, because of last week and the attack by who knows, quote unquote, backstage of these masked guys, which we all knew was the pinnacle. Darby was hurt and couldn't wrestle. So MJF has the the ref counting to 10. Out comes Sting. And I don't think Sting... Oh, no, Sting hurt were low. I don't think he ended up touching MJF, though, I believe. Right. Unless yeah. I, unless you guys correct me, but... No, I didn't. Uh, so after that, we had a quick backstage... Well, I'll just say a quick thing on MJF. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's it. seen it, but... He did an interview with Barcel and the, their like YouTube show called Wrestling with an R. Um, he did a fifty minute interview all on a heel character and just Love like it. destroyed Love the it. guy the entire time. It was hilarious. 
Love it. He keeps kayfabe alive. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I, he was joking about moving to WD with his contracts up soon and talking about Roman Reigns. He emails Bruce Pritchard all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. So he says. Yeah. The guy he started off by making fun of, the guy, he started like going off on this guy and the guy all of a sudden goes, he's like, who the hell are you? I don't have to take your shit. <laughs> and just starts like getting mad and roasting him back. It was a great interview. If anyone hasn't seen it, God. he's he might be the best heel going, like actual heel in the wrestling business right now. Yeah, I think so. Like like old school heel. Just wait until it's him and Punk uh, in a feud. That's gonna be hilarious and awesome. Oh my god, yeah. So then we had Anna J backstage uh, doing an interview. Britt Baker comes up, interrupts. Um, I don't. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. Did they? Did she get? She didn't beat up Anna J. Did she? She just talked trash to her basically the whole time. Yeah. Uh, about oh, she yeah, she brings up how the Dark Order just lost and the Dark Order is basically garbage. Right. So then we had a, a match. It was Kiara Hogan versus Penelope Ford. The winner was Penelope Ford, and afterwards Ruby Soho came out and attacked her, which. I think, yeah, um, which was for Retribution from Rampage when Ruby Soho wrestled the Bunny and Penelope Ford came out and the Bunny and Ford beat her up after her match. And also, just a side note, the Bunny was a segment that beat Roman and Brock in the key demo. So everyone's calling the Bunny the key demo god now. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense because the, the, the Brock and Roman segment was the last part yeah. of the show. And that's when the Bunny and Ruby Zoho was on. Interesting. God. Uh, so then we had Hangman Adam Page interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh, just, I guess, talking about everything, just, you know, going on with Adam Page of him leaving, coming back, wrestling, getting ready to wrestle Kenny Omega. Any thoughts on this interview, guys? We're just ready to see that match between them two. You think he'll win, become the new champion? I mean, this promo made it feel like he has to win now. Yeah, he you know he can't lose this title for. Yeah. What the third time? I mean, it's second time, but like, he got close before, but then lost that match with the Dark Order. But he he lost the against against Jericho when yeah. it was the first ever too. Yeah. You think he's losing to him? Is that he's not losing. Said? I think he's losing. <laughs> God. That'd be terrible. Poor book, guy, yeah. if he does. Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you do with this I, character? After I just that? have a, hu- I just have a hunch. Now I know nothing for a fact, obviously. You hear that crowd right. pop when he came out, man? <laughs> the fans want him. You hear that crowd pop when he came out during the casino ladder match? He's on like Daniel Bryan yes movement right now. Yeah. Speaking of Bryan Danielson, our main event was Bryan Danielson versus Bobby Fish. Winner was Daniel. See, he got me going. The the winner was Brian Danielson. This match was awesome. Yeah, just, I great. I just I I don't know really. I can't really put it into words. Like it was a great main event. Bobby, I I I figured that Bobby Fish and him were would be a really good pairing. But um, Bobby Fish has like that Falcon Arrow move that he does off the top rope, which uh, he ended up doing this match. But I really like it. Yeah, what you guys think of it to wrap up the show? It's another great like clash of styles because Bobby Fish. I know people have probably have seen him in NXT more than anything, but 
I feel like his MMA style, especially now outside of WWE, you've really seen a lot more of things that he does. And then with Brian Dance, I feel like Brian Dance can't have a bad match right now. Like any match is going to be in, it's going to be <laughs> not to use a star rating, but always a five star right now. <laughs> I really enjoy this match. I knew f- right from the get go. I was like, this is right up, right up my alley of what I like about wrestling now. Um, uh, the, just the, the the type of wrestling that I like, uh, and I, I like how it started. I like the pace. Um, I assume that you know, it, it, I almost called him Daniel Bryan. I assume that Brian Danielson was gonna uh, go over, but uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match, and I'm glad that Bobby Fish is in AEW now. All right, moving on quickly to Raw. Just wanted to talk about. Since we already talked about it with SmackDown, I want to talk about Raw's King of the Rings semifinals and the Queen's Crown Tournament semifinals. So for the King of the Ring, we had Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal. I know last week I think all of us maybe picked Jinder Mahal for the winner of this one, but it ended up being Xavier Woods. So at Crown Jewel, we'll have Xavier Woods versus Finn Balor to be crowned the new King of the Ring. Then for the Queen's Crown Tournament, we had Shayna Baszler versus Dewdrop. I think we all also picked Shayna Baszler <laughs> to win this one, but she did not. Our winner was Dewdrop. So at Crown Jewel, we're going to have Selena Vega versus Dewdrop to be crowned the first ever uh, Queen's Crown Tournament winner. Yeah, and I just got to say, with the wrestling Twitter being the worst, it is the worst. Saw some people saying some really messed up stuff about Dewdrop. So not cool. Uh, if you had seen her in NXT UK, you know that she is an awesome worker. She, and, she, uh, yeah, she is definitely being held back on these main shows. She does not wrestle yeah. like how she did in NXT UK. Watch her against uh, Kaylee Ray. Watch her against Tony Storm, and you know she had she had a good. I believe it was a triple threat match between both those two, as well as singles matches with both those two. They were really good. All right, guys, you go. want to jump into NXT 2.0 this week? I guess. <laughs> I Light- guess. <laughs> Lightly. Lightly, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like the beginning of this um, show only because Johnny Gargano came back. And, you know, the fans were excited to see him. It looks like he's going to try to recapture his North American title, which he stated that he's held it more than anyone else in NXT. So it looks like he, he's now going to feud with Carmelo Hayes. There was a weird segment, if you guys the watch. looks so weird. I, dude, I just, I don't even know anymore. It's getting weirder every week, I feel like. It just doesn't feel like I'm watching NXT. It feels like it's a brand new show that yeah. WWE created, and NXT is just dead. I don't It should not be called NXT 2.0 anymore. It's just called something else. Yeah. Because it is something else. It's, right. it's not the same. Now, I don't know if you guys watched, like, every single segment this week, but there was a weird, like, training in the woods with Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. And then they end with, like, a beer toast. And uh, I think Kyle's like, you know, you're, like, a weird dude. He's like, it's okay. I'm a weird dude, too. I'm just like, ah, what is happening? Yeah, I'm just curious about the process of who came up with that script for like let's put them in the woods yeah it's some i don't, I don't know I, I just don't know anymore first name bruce last name pritchard 
So next week when it comes to NXT 2.0, we're going to have – it's actually going to air on a Tuesday. We're going to have uh, Halloween Havoc. There's a couple of matches on the card and just wanted to, you know, go through your guys' predictions and see what you who you think are, is going to win. We have uh, MXT ver- MSK versus Imperium in an NXT Tag Team Championship spin the wheel, make the deal match. Um, I'm going to, I don't know why. I'm going to go with MSK. People hate them lately. Everyone's been booing them. It's almost like they just want the titles off of them. They came out th- this week during NXT and were just, chan- people were just chanting, you suck. So, but I st- I don't know. I'd like to s- I'd like to see Imperium win, but I think MSK is gonna win. Maybe they just turn them heels because everyone's booing them. Yeah, I was gonna say just because the crowd wants them not to have the titles, I'm gonna say I'm agree with you that they're gonna win. Yep. Tim. Yeah, you're, it's three for th- three for three for me. I think that they're gonna win too. Oh, and there's also two. Two other things going on. There's a debut of Solo Sokoa, who I looked up is another son of Rikishi. So he'll be making his a lot debut. Of kids in wrestling. Rikishi yeah. Does. Of, yeah, in those Samoan families. Yeah. And then a mysterious superstar is unveiled who they've been showing promos for, and I think it's just a dark version of um, Dakota Kai, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it, right? Yeah. So. so so we have the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship in a triple threat tag team match. It's called a Scareway to Hell ladder match. Whoever so, had to do these names, I mean, dude. I applaud them. That's really good. Really good. So we got to make it Halloween theme. Yeah. Uh, it's Io Shirai and Zoe Stark who are the champions versus Indy Hartwell and uh, Persia Parada versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I'm going to go with Toxic Attraction. I think they've been pushing them. Uh, just, you know, seems like that's where they're Definitely. going with it. Yeah, I actually like Toxic Attraction, too. So, I think mostly we're going to probably all agree on this direction of <laughs> NXT. Yeah. Tim, agree? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. So, then we have the Women's NXT Championship and another spin the wheel, make the deal match. I guess they ran out of ideas. <laughs> it's it's Raquel Gonzalez versus Mandy Rose. Do you think they finally take the belt off of Raquel and give it to Mandy? And if our predictions for the previous match are right, then all three of Toxic Attraction, attraction hold, hold gold in the end. Well, I'm actually going Mandy this one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think they go with Mandy and then, yeah, all oh, Toxic yeah, yeah, Attraction yeah. holds gold by the end of the night if the tag team champion uh, – our prediction for that, you know, comes to fruition. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like they're pushing Mandy, like, everywhere. Every single social media post I've seen from NXT, it's, like, about Mandy, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how she's the prettiest and <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. How about you, Tim? Mandy. 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 She's not like that anymore. She's a dark character now. Yeah, she doesn't have blonde hair. Mandy. <laughs> God. Um, so our main event, <laughs> our main event is going to be for the NXT championship. It's Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker. Sorry to say, but I think Braun Breaker is going over with the younger new talent direction. I was about to say the same thing. Like 
Champa, I feel like was just a holder. To get people to start watching like NXT, yeah. like the older fans that like stick with it and get to know these new guys first, and then yeah. feels like they're going hundred percent in this other direction now. So kind of like having here. Jericho hold the title first in AEW to bring in some new fans, and then exactly. and then change it up. You agree, Tim? Braun Breaker, the a Steiner. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. You sound thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, before we get into what we're going to end the show with, which is talking about a little bit about today's crown jewel, let's talk about this week's Dark Side of the Ring with Luna uh, Vachon. Is that how you say her last name? I've heard I heard a couple different ways. Vachon, and then Jericho on the show was saying Vachon. Vachon. Alright, so I think I was the first of all of us to watch it this week, but... Uh, like I said last week, I didn't really know who she was. I'd se- I'd seen a bunch of pictures and clips of her before, but I never. I think it was too young at the time to really remember it all and retain it all, and I I wasn't a wrestling fan like I like I am now at that time. So, but I remember seeing her because she had the drawing of like the lightning bolts or veins or whatever it is on the side of her head, and she has a like a big blonde mohawk, but. This special, man, she had a really sad life. She, I think they said she was, like, bipolar. You know, these people were talking, all these ladies were talking about, you know, some of her freakouts that she would just, you know, sporadically have. And she ended up, I think, getting into drugs. They dive into her being married to Gangarel. But she, she seemed like a lady that really loved the business and thought that she could do more for women's wrestling but wasn't put into that spot. And it, I think it kind of added to her uh, being, you know, depressed and just getting to the some of the stuff that she got into. Yeah, I, I was really, I ne- I never knew that the in the bikini contest when she said that she wasn't going to take her gown off. I didn't know that that was a shoot. I thought that was just like her character saying. No, I'm not gonna get in a bikini for these people. Apparently, that was like legit, and then she ended up getting fired a few weeks later because of it. It's really surprising how far women's wrestling have has come since back then. Well, and and I feel like there was a good period too of women's wrestling. You know, you had you had the, and I'm I'm not saying that she was like an amazing person or anything like that, but you had the fabulous Mula era of wrestling, and then you had. <clears throat> I remember there was like a a lot of like Japanese women's wrestling and then for some reason in the in the mid mid to late 90s everything became like super sexualized with uh, all the women and they didn't really wrestle anymore it was just all about pillow fights and HLA matches and all kinds of other stupid stuff. I just wanted to say about that episode that uh, again, another kind of sleeper of the season, one that I didn't realize that I was going to not, I don't want to say I enjoyed it. I would say it's weird to find like an enjoyment out of somebody's like awful life, you know, but it was a fascinating episode and I definitely learned a lot. Like I said, at the top of the show, I, I had a couple uh mistakes about her. So I wanted to get those out of the way. Um, but I knew that she was from the Vashon family and had a big wrestling legacy. So yeah, it was cool to learn more about it. I was. Uh, she ended up passing because of drugs, right? I believe. Yes. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's really sad. It, it's one of those stories, though, like I've said before, some of the best episodes on this show are the ones I, I really don't know much about the topic. Because maybe, you know, it's, it's maybe it's better because I've heard so much information on the one before that I did know. And so this is, you know, fresh. And it, I mean, most of the time, unfortunately, it's really sad. But uh, it was a really They're good episode. I think sad. it's worth checking out. Yeah. I think it's worth checking out um, to anyone that, especially you just had never heard of her before like I did. So. But to change the mood a little bit from from that, I just wanted uh, – I'm not sure if, you know, everyone got to watch Crown Jewel today. It, you know, it did come on on a Thursday at 12 p.m. while people were at work. You mean people don't watch a four-hour pay-per-view in the middle of the day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while they're working. Luckily for me, I, uh, I'm at a desk all day, and so I have a second monitor. I can put it off to the side. So I was actually able to catch it all. But – we're not going to go through everything on the show. Just I want to talk about a few things. The first official opening match was Edge versus Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell. This match went about 29 minutes long from bell to bell. This match was awesome. Uh, they they pulled out a lot of stuff. They were using each other's moves a lot. In the end, like for example, the winner Edge won with a curb stomp onto a chair. Yeah, usually you don't ever see them actually win. Yeah. There was, so there was some cool spots. Rollins did a sunset flip over Edge and uh, pulled Edge through a table off the ladder. That spot, I was kind of nervous because that table was a little far out. Like, usually yeah. the powerbomb is like the table's right next to the ladder. You know, and Seth Rollins brought back, I think it was early on, trying to take out Edge's eye like he had been doing like a year ago. They brought that whole spot back. But it's, it's a really good match, and it was a great with opener. That? The eye thing, no more, no more eye stuff. <laughs> I agree. Found this one like little niche thing that they like doing. It's like just getting people's eyes poked out. I don't know. Yeah, then the people have to wear patches. Well, Sand- for months. <laughs> was was it was it Santana or Ortiz? Then he had his eye messed up at like the same time on the other channel. I don't remember. Was that real though or not? Or I don't remember how his eye quote unquote got messed up. Unless it was like an actual real injury, I do they did. They that. did it. Him and John Mo- uh, John Moxley and him did like an eye for an eye thing. Uh, oh, okay. No, John Moxley God. was wearing that oh, eye patch yeah. for a little. That was kind yeah, of no a, more. Yeah, no more. Was that no more? Eyes was that a little bit after when WWE was doing it though too? I think yeah, because was like, wasn't it Rey Mysterio before? And Malachi yeah. Black or yeah. Alistair, Alistair, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean. Overall, this this match was was an awesome opener. The crowd was really into it, and this again was one of those, th- you know, third and hopefully final match of a few that's going on in the wrestling world. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the Queen's Crown tournament finals: Zelina Vega versus Dewdrop. The match as a whole, you know, it was what it was. Um. But, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Zelina, Zelina's actually, like, gotten a lot better over time. She she makes some of those, uh, like, moves like her Hercarandas and stuff look really good. Unfortunately, what we mentioned earlier is that Dewdrop just doesn't wrestle like the monster that she could be. 
you know, she's actually really good, but gets hindered in uh, on this main roster. So, but your winner and first ever Queen's Crown tournament um, winner is Zelina Vega. So, which I don't think a lot of people saw that. No, I did not. But you know, it really fits her character. Uh, she was yeah, coming sure. out with with like the Queen Wave, and she was. This was before she even won it. She sometimes I feel like a heel should win some of these things, and like how Baron Corbin did last year for King of the Ring and ha- uh, Happy. Yeah, Corbin. it's really good for the heel character. Ha- well, now it's yeah. Happy Corbin. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't make it on the show. <laughs> but you know, I was also looking at this like Zelina was let go. Do you think you know? Maybe they, part of her, you know, coming back was like, I really want you guys to actually do something with me this time. And maybe well, I thought they is... were going to do that, but then, then they they cut her match on was it nine eleven episode? Uh, yeah, and, and then where her even... father actually died during yeah. during it. So and they didn't tell her, and they haven't really done anything since. So I guess it was like, I think they're like, oh right, we uh, promised her to do something. So yeah. let's like, give oh, her this. Yeah kind of let her down because these these tournaments like same as the king of the ring the queen's crown they don't get a shot at the title they win they're just either no. the queen or the king and sometimes they change their name yeah queen. like king booker yeah king corbin yeah <laughs> um yeah so congratulations to Zelina vega it's probably her biggest win in her entire wrestling career in wwe at least i don't, I don't think she's she's never won a championship yeah, it's definitely the biggest win. So, good for her. After that, we did have uh, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley in a no-holds-barred match. The uh, The first half of the match, Bobby was in control. He, I believe it started with, he was, Bobby was facing the turnbuckle and pulled out a chain. And so that kind of started, you know, he, he wrapped around his fist and it started his whole in-control part of the match for the first half second half was pretty much all Goldberg the fight ends up going to the ramp where Bobby Lashley yells back to come out Hurt business comes out they each have kendo sticks they hand one to Bobby Goldberg takes out the Hurt business grabs a kendo stick starts beating up Bobby Lashley and Goldberg ends up winning with a spear to Lashley off of the stage now, Corey Graves said it was like 15 feet high. It was not 15 feet high. No way it was 15. <laughs> it was definitely more than five. It was definitely yeah. more than five. But, And then they went through like that. It, it would always looks like cardboard boxes with a black yeah, you know, it's a crash pack, sheet. Over, yeah, it's a crash pack. But um, honestly, and I saw a lot of people online talk, saying this, it – might have been the best Goldberg match since he's come back. The best and the longest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what you got to do with Goldberg is, like, give him some weapons. You know, he doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. be running his head into, you know, turnbuckles and uh, or posts. And I think last time he was in Saudi Arabia was when he was with Undertaker and really messed it up. So it was oh, kind of a redemption over there in a way. But you know, yeah, it definitely was the longest. I couldn't tell you how long, but I, I thought it was the best. The Prince. Was That's so not saying happy. much, but the Prince loves Goldberg and Lashley. I bet. Put That's why uh, he brought Undertaker 
bring out Pitbull in that concert before. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. That, that was the most random thing I'd seen all week, I want to say, when you guys sent that to me. Yeah. Man, He's like, I'm proud I did, to introduce Pitbull. I was like, really uh, asking if it was real. It was real. It was Also, why is Pitbull over there? But Yeah, there's so many questions for that. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Next, we had, we had uh, Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods for the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. The winner and your new King of the Ring, Xavier Woods. I think we're all a little bit surprised that it was him, but I was actually telling this to Jeremy earlier. This is, to me, now they're doing a singles push for Xavier as... You know, they've done it with Big E. They've done it with Kofi. And Xavier's never gotten that before. So hopefully this really works out for him. I've said it before. I think he's an uh, underutilized and sometimes underrated uh, talent. This match was very good. I would go back and watch it if I were you guys. I mean, Finn was the star of it. it. It was basically Finn's match. But the winner was Xavier in the end. Uh, so congratulations to Xavier Woods. It's kind of hard because both of these guys, you would think they deserve that win. Because like Finn Balor, just, I mean, I don't really know what they're doing afterwards with him now. Mm-hmm. But then Woods also really deserved it too. So you couldn't really go bad either way, I think. Yeah, I think I think Finn played the quote-unquote heel in this match. Um, I mean, people were really chanting for Xavier during it, if I remember yeah. correctly. But... Uh, interesting crowd as well yeah in terms of like cheering for them and what you know what they were chanting yeah for sure i mean it always is when when they're over there half the time they're if some I've, of them are in couch on sitting on couches <laughs> if i've been quiet during this segment it's only because i have not watched the show yet so i'm actually going to eh, maybe if i'm up late tonight after i watch dark side of the ring I will watch a little bit of it. Maybe you can go quickly on your thoughts a bit next week, just in the beginning. Has some house. Yeah, I'll do at the top at the top of the show for episode ten. I'll I'll go over it. So after Finn Balor and Xavier Woods, I wanted to talk about the main event, which was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I like the match. Um, you know. Roman put up a, a way more of a fight than he had in the past. You know, this is a different Roman going against Lesnar than previously. Uh, yeah, he definitely took it to him. There was a, and it was it was a good match. It's it's worth watching for sure. There was a a, a spot in the match though where both men are down in the middle of the ring and Paul Heyman's on the outside with the title. And you saw this, Jeremy, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw this part. And he's holding the belt, and he's looking at both guys face down the ring, and he throws the belt into the ring, but he throws it right in between them, perfectly in the middle, perfectly in the middle. And you don't know who who he's saying it to, but he just says, you know what to do. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't know which way he's really going with it, but in the end, Paul Heyman's like one of the best. The best. He he was, and the announcers kept talking about how stoic he was the whole match. He, 
almost like he was like thinking of like oh, who should I, side should I go on, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the end, Roman won with, of course, you know, the help of the Usos. They came out. They both super kicked Brock, and I think the ref, yeah, the ref was distracted, and Roman took the title that Paul Heyman had uh, thrown in the ring, which they actually, I forgot to mention, both men fought over it for a little bit once they both got up. But, yeah, Roman ended up hitting Brock with the belt after after the Usos had super kicked him, and he walked out of there, still your tribal chief and universal champion. So, as a whole, uh, I would say this might be... I'm trying to remember from the from the past ones, but it might be my favorite crown jewel so far. From, yeah, from I, I, some of the matches I saw, definitely my favorite one. I if I had to choose, one. I haven't even like, seen it, and it's already my favorite crown jewel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and sorry guys, if you wanted to hear us talk about you know every single match, but uh, I don't think Jeremy's seen every single match. Tim hasn't seen any of it. I know there's big title matches on there, like Drew McIntyre versus Big E, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. But um, yeah, I'd like I, I'm interested in hearing Tim's thoughts at the beginning of next week's show. And uh, yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about for Crown Jewel today, guys. Well, that about wraps up episode nine. Um, definitely join us next week for episode ten, and then we're gonna take uh, two weeks off. And we will be back uh, after that. But um, pl- don't forget, we're going to be doing that uh, that iTunes t-shirt promotion. So if you go to iTunes and leave us a review, uh, whoever has the best review, we're going to send you a free t-shirt of our of our shirt off uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. Guys, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the PW Fan. Go ahead and give Andy's Funko Pop Collection on Instagram a follow at the 410 Fan Bros. And please like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube where we have full episodes available. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan to get your t-shirt and become part of the crew. Thanks again, guys, for listening, and join us next week where we talk all things wrestling.